Welcome to the Fit Vegan Podcast, the show where we help you optimize your health, fitness, and mindset on a whole food plant-based lifestyle. My name is Maxim Siguain. I am a former triathlete, powerlifter, bodybuilder, and basketball player, and I've been vegan for over nine years. I'm also the founder and CEO of Fit Vegan Coaching, which has helped over 500 vegans from 20 different countries to completely transform their bodies and their health. I'm excited for you to hear today's episode. Let's get into the show. All right. Good morning, everyone. Today, I am joined by Brian Bradley from Eagles Q. Brian, how are you doing today? Still alive. I always say to people I could be dead or living in LA, but then we might have some listeners from LA, so their feelings are going to get hurt. So I won't say that. I won't say that. Well, that's why I just moved to LA from Canada. Oh my God. What What are you thinking? Uh, right. Well, sunny weather is what I was thinking. That's why I came like, down I'm here. I'm done shoveling snow and traveling on a snow machine. I'm good. Yeah, absolutely. I just need a bit of sun. I couldn't do the rain or the gray weather from BC anymore. Yeah, but you guys have like the Kamloops, you have uh, Whistler, you have the North Shore for mountain biking. Come on. It's it's pretty. I was actually in Squamish, or really near to Whistler. So a lot of great mountain biking trails, but only six months out of the year. The other six months, it's pretty terrible. Yeah, no, well, that's, uh, you know, we, we blow this thing up and then you have a house in each place. You're fine. Exactly. Well, it's going to happen. Um, and, and like I mentioned to you on, on our message, like I just recently joined Platinum Partnership. So um, eventually I'll have a house in both areas. Um, but that's also kind of where I heard of you from the first time was from doing UPW a few months ago. Uh, and then seeing you at, at Business Mastery a few weekends, uh, I think a few weekends ago. I was really intrigued with the, the work that you're doing at uh, EgoSkew. EgoSkew or EgoSkew? I want to make sure I say it properly. Egoscu is Pete's last name. So yeah, that's where I was at this last weekend for our corporate meetings. We have uh, clinics in Mexico, Japan, all over the US. We bring them all together like a little mastermind and make sure that they're all, you know, in compliance as it relates to what the mission of the method is. You know, I think that's very smart for businesses um, looking at different marketing techniques, you know, things like that, you know, because a lot of people, it always drove me nuts, you know, uh, when I'm out there talking to, you know, a hundred thousand people and some tech people are going well we're looking for like a half a percent and i'm like half a percent like what like who i guess that's okay in the digital world but in my world i'm going i'll take 50 and a half percent you got to give them a compelling reason to want to stay with you and talk to you yeah yeah so I, I'm curious as to, I would like to know a little bit more about your journey and what kind of what you, what got you there and what is EGOSCU and how you got involved with them? Uh, because I think it's a pretty unique field and most people that are in the health space have their own history of like either issues with their own bodies or a big passion for helping others. So like what got you there? Yeah, I have a major history with my body. Um, my body's amazing. Um, I love it. Uh, whatever God you believe in developed it perfectly, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I never really had pain, um, but I did have some dysfunction. Broke my leg in baseball, and then I wondered why, hey, my squat was always rotated. Um, yeah. I'm not, I wasn't in the Olympics because I ran slow. Maybe I just sucked at running. Okay, let's be honest. <laughs> um, but ideally, when you get your body to work for you, that means getting it back to balance. That's what I learned from Peter Goski when, when I came out of university. So at university, playing five years of rugby, um, you know, it's a, that's a sport you play in the U S when you can't play U S football. Cause you're not that good at it. So we move over to Rugby's rugby is rough. It's, it I is, played a few times. It, it's all football players, but now it's starting like soccer. They're starting at six years old in the U S it's really starting to grab its own uh, okay. place. And 
you know, it's such a masterful sport in the sense of there's a technique to tackling, um, yeah. you know, which I wrestled my whole life. So grabbing a hold of somebody versus running through them was always an easier thing for me anyway. Um, so looking at that kind of stuff, it's more of a coming out of the university setting. I was a symptom treater. And what I learned from Peter Goski is symptom is just a message. I used to judge the symptom. Oh, you mm -hmm. have a bad knee. You have a bad shoulder. Oh, your low back is bad. Okay. You should be on disability. No, that's treating symptoms yeah. rather than saying, what's my body trying to tell me is a much better conversation. And it's much more fun when you can give somebody the freedom. Yesterday, I was on an Instagram live with Tana um, Amen from the Amen Clinics. Her husband has the Amen Clinics, but she has her own brand and she's out there talking. Her life's coming back to her. You know, this is a like third degree black belt in Taekwondo or whatever martial arts she's doing and her hips starting to bother, which is very common in that world. So what I learned in a history for me is my body wasn't really broken down, but I've had the privilege over 32 years this year coming into it with Pete Agoscu to have an idea that when you get the body to serve you, I'm 55, I'm doing things that I want to do anytime I want. Um, and I've had catastrophic injuries where you're looking at broken transverse process in my back, dislocated shoulder, separated shoulder, uh, blood clot, two ACL reconstructions, uh, tore my labrum in my hip. Who cares? You know, your car can be in a car wreck, but if you go to the right mechanic, it, it never happened. Yeah. And so the, the mechanic just happens to be the luck I had running into Pete Agoscu 30 some years ago. And then I'm sure we'll get into some of the stuff that I do now with, like you said, O'Brien works with, you know, these high level people. I'm more interested in mom and dads and giving them their life back and letting them have a compelling future. And, you know, language is a big deal um, to us. Yeah. We actively listen and then we try to use a language and you're in the NLP world. So you kind of just go, what's my body trying to tell me? Or, Hey, that femur injury is a gift. And you're like, well, my femur was sticking out of my skin. Yeah. But it slowed you down enough so you can really start to balance your body so that next year yeah. you come back stronger. So things like that. Yeah. So what, what was it about uh, Egoscue that kind of got you attracted to it? Cause if you think of most people that will go into school and I just refer a lot of the medical world, cause I have a, I work with a lot of people in that space. Like they don't get educated to treat the the source. It's always a symptom. So they're taught to to train, right? And to address. So like, what was it for you that was like, oh, this is the way that I want to go and, and help people? Okay, so I need everybody to get their really attention on this next statement because this is a game changer. You have to be able to admit just how dumb you really are. And I was just dumb enough to be able to see clearly that I ran into a guy who A, knew more than I did, Pete Agoscu, yeah, but he knew nowhere near what I knew medically. Yeah. But he knew something I didn't know, which is the body as a whole. If the ankle sprain happens, we all know in the medical world, you sprain your ankle, your glute medius on that same side inhibits and a lot of times it's looked at as a negative, like your glute medius is going to shut off. Oh, no, not my glute medius. Yeah. But it shuts off as a protection mechanism to stop you from walking on the injured ankle. Yeah. So how can that glute medius be a negative? So you come back from the ankle sprain. I would have helped you do that as an athletic trainer going into the physical therapy world. Okay, this is what we're going to do. Now you're back. 
But back in the 80s, early 90s, we treated absolute symptoms. Well, I ran into Pete and learned that, yeah, you can do that and there's a place for it, but you better start to realize that the shoulder on this side has now dropped, the head's flexed to the other side. All of that is in an adaptation to keep the body as balanced as possible, like a scoliosis curve. Yeah. All because you sprained your ankle. So, you know, I was dumb enough, honestly, and Pete Agoski would say that he's dumber because he had no medical to come in with blinders on. I think that's the big thing, right? It does put blinders on. The more that you learn, the more you get stuck in that field of vision and everything else kind of gets shut off. And when you quit listening, that's a problem. When yeah. it's all about you and your knowledge, oh, you're in some deep, deep trouble at that point because you're no longer concerned about them. Your significance issues have taken over and said, let me tell you how smart I am Yeah. versus I love being in the guy, like I go to orthopedic meetings all the time to do talks. And some my opening statement is, who the hell let me on stage? You guys are the experts, but I labeled it as, but who's taking care of you? While you're out there taking care of other people, it's my job to keep you in front of them. Tony Robbins. It's yeah. my job to keep you, Tony Robbins, on stage. Because yeah. there's millions of people, especially now, who need to hear your message. So just being part of that is, you know, it's it's a, look, again, a universal God-given privilege. I don't look at that and go, Brian, you're so great at what you do. I'm really good at what I do. But I also know what I don't know how to do. And I'm really yeah. good at avoiding those things. So for me, it's, you give me a microphone, I'll talk all day, which I got to warn you, if we want this to be 45 minutes, you're going to have to shut me up here pretty soon. But okay. I look at it as, when you, when you guys as customers, as clients of mine, it's not about my knowledge. That's why I don't really, I like the question. You're like, Brian, how'd you get involved? That's great. But now we got to get into the important stuff, which is I got lucky mm -hmm. and I was dumb enough to be able to see something in front of me that was amazing, which made me a heck of a lot smarter. Um, but a lot, when you get that good, now you can really hone in on what you do. And this is all I do is posture and performance. And I give all the credit to Pete Agoscu for not firing me 30 some years ago, you know, by looking and be like, oh, I don't know if this guy has it. He saw something, I saw something and it was a perfect match. Yeah. So, well, let's dive into it. So what's the philosophy behind it? Obviously you talked about not treating the symptom and actually going to the core issue, but I'm sure there's a bit more to it. Well, it's just this picture over my left shoulder. Being Literally alignment. when your body, when your body deviates from feet straight, ankle, knee, hip, shoulder, ear being perfectly, perfectly in a line. Now, are you ever perfect? Well, not in today's society. These kids today are born with a cell phone in their hand, looking down at it. So that already is working against that. But instead yeah. of saying, well, that's just how kids are now. And that's how it's going to be. I gave my kid an unfair advantage. So do you have kids? Are you going to have kids? At one point, yes. Well, you're living in California. Sooner or later, you're having kids. Okay, so <laughs> let's let's just say this. Say you have one kid or three kids. What's the one thing you can do, number one, to give them a clear advantage over all your friends' kids and other parents who think their kid's going to be an amazing athlete? From day one or whatever year, what's the number one thing you can do to give your kid the emotional, mental, fortitude, physical 
advantage? Well, I, I put them into sports. That's one thing I would do because that gave me all of that from earlier on. Um, I, I would nutrition, that would be a big part. And then I would not buy them really thick, cloudy cushion shoes. That's what I would start with. Great. Um, they're nine months old and they've been crawling since seven months. 10 months, all of a sudden, your son says, there's dad, I want to get to him. What's he start to do? He starts to grab a hold of things and stand up. Yeah. Oh my God, look, Billy's standing. Can't wait till he walks. Whereas for me, I took my son, he's standing up like this and I go, nope. Gave him a little knock in the back of the head, don't tell CPS. Yeah. Knocked him back over. But why does he keep wanting to stand up? Just imitate us? because you're up here. Yeah. So what do you need to do? I need your kid to crawl longer. So put, you need to come down on the floor and then they'll come down on the floor. So when Tony and Sage had a baby last year, my number one thing is I'm, yeah, what do you get a billion dollar guy? Here's a new pair of shoes. Here's a yeah. teddy bear. Let all, let all the other people buy that stuff. I bought them two six foot tunnels that Velcro together in rainbow colors. And I said, put your daughter's food on the other end of that and make her work for it. Because the longer you can have a person crawl, that cross patterning movement relates to brain function, by the way. Yeah. But it also creates a different load in the spine and teaches the hip joint how to function. Sorry about that. I get rid of that call. Nice. Um, so, when you look at this kind of stuff, we've got to get your body at that age to have an advantage. Then when they start walking, so my son started walking at 15 months, wanted to at 12, mm -hmm. but I got on the ground and had the tunnels. We stayed on the ground and did this. Now I'm going to show you a picture just of the advantage of that, because as he got older, how do I continue to give him the unfair advantage? I used to be the dad who would go to the park that has the swings and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I'll show you a picture that I did on Instagram the other day of a park that I think is amazing. One block from my house, no kids were there. So I said, guys, if you have something like this in your neighborhood, as an adult, start doing it, start moving your body in different ways. And as a kid, for sure. So I used to yeah. take him to the park two and three hours a day to give my kid the advantage. And by 14 years old, Here's him on an elite soccer team, but look at his build versus the other 14 year olds. So that's him with the red arrow. Just look at his body. Yeah. That's zero weightlifting. Yeah. Now, okay, Brian, that's great. It could be genetics, whatever. And trust me, it's my genetics. So it's definitely not genetics. <laughs> but here he is running a 200 meter run. He's in the back in the white shirt and he's never run track before. He said, what do I do to win this? And I just said, pump your arms, your legs will catch up. Here he comes in the white shirt. That's a yeah, 200 meter run, everyone. bro. He, uh, he started feeling bad. I'll tell you when he started feeling bad, he knew no one was around him. And he's like, dude, right about there, I started feeling bad. So I slowed down. Well, of course, you know, he's my kid. So I said, if you ever slow down like that again, you're going to have a problem with your father. When your <laughs> opponent's down, metaphorically, you keep them down, you know, golf, football, baseball, soccer, whatever it might be. Yeah, you're going to be the most functional clarinet player, or you're going to be the most functional soccer player, whatever you choose to be, I don't care, but you're going to be functional. 
and you do it in a way that turns the kid on. Hey, dad, we've been at the park for three hours. Don't you want to leave? I'm like, why do you? He goes, no, I'm having a blast. I say to myself, then why the hell would I make him leave? Yeah. You know, we have life going on, but I can run a business off this. Yeah. You know, so when you start thinking about these kids up with, my son grew up with the opposite of what was coming, which is what we're seeing in fruition now. Yeah. And during COVID, COVID hits March, 2020. What do we do? Everybody's on lockdown. You were in Canada. You were for sure on lockdown, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing in LA, same thing, San Diego, whatever. We're all freaked out. Global killer businesses and people. I said, you can be on Xbox 12 hours a day. Now I'm supposed to be the anti-gaming, anti-sitting guy, get out and move. But I needed to keep his sanity up. Yeah. Start conversing with your friends on Xbox daily for, hey, we're still connected. How would you like a 13th hour, Cole? What do you mean, dad? I'm like, take a 13th hour. Oh my God, you're the coolest dad around. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Sign this. Because that means for that 13th hour, you owe me one hour of whatever I want. And he came out of COVID bigger, faster, stronger. Yeah. And psychologically sound and still in touch with his friends. They picked up right where they left off when we were once able to leave the house again. So there's decisions we can make about ourselves and our kids and our families that serve us without harming others. And honestly, that's what this entire book and method are all about. How do mm -hmm. we just make it a better place by asking better questions? You know, Pete Agoscu's disclaimer, disclaimer in this book. If you need someone else's permission, like an MD or something like that, to be careful, put the book back on the shelf. Leave it unread. Because the most important conversation you have is the one with yourself. Am I worthy? Do I want more? How am I going to get more? Great question. Yeah. And if you can't answer that, then run into someone like yourself, who's a coach, who might say, I have a couple ideas for you. Yeah. So basically like the foundation is from what I'm understanding from the, from the kid conversation is allowing your kid to move with different planes of movement as well. Because I feel like when we were, when we were younger, we were playing outside, we're doing all these things. And as we got older into adults, it became very linear movement of like sit up, get up phone, very, there's no lateral movement. There's no, like we talk about doing animal flows, for example. But now what's happening is with the kids earlier on, they're being isolated in those linear forms of movement because of how life has been structured now. So a lot of them are not having the pleasure of playing hockey in the street, going to the park or playing these different sports anymore. Climbing a tree without having to wear a helmet. Yeah. <laughs> or the pads. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> I get that for sure. Um, so you, you mentioned you like working with just like moms and dads, like regular people that are not necessarily like high performers and athletes. Um, I do want to touch one last point from the athlete standpoint, because like I, I've done bodybuilding, powerlifting, iron, I've done pretty much every single thing you can think of. Never was I introduced to this concept of taking care of the body. It was always, you go to the physio, you go to the Cairo, maybe go to Cairo and then you stretch and then that's pretty much it. So like, how can we get this to be more mainstream and what have you seen as a form of benefit for the athletes in terms of performance? Cause I have a, I work with a lot of people that do Ironman marathons and do all these sports. Well, I have an Ironman right here who is a plat. That's what I was looking for on my phone. Here's a picture. Isn't a, the guy that was introducing also for UPW, Scott, doesn't he do Ironmans too? Uh, 
I don't know. Scott probably could. Um, I call him the greatest smelling human being on the planet because he makes his own uh, cologne out of these essential oils. And he's like, yeah, the more I sweat, the patchouli starts coming out. I'm like, you're the weirdest dude I've ever met about that kind of stuff. But somehow I'm attracted to it. You know, he's just such a good dude. Here's a plat that uh, 58 years young doing triathlons in Kona. Wow. That's the same guy 38 minutes later after 12 minutes of exercise. Already looks more jacked. The posture is great, but he definitely looks more jacked already. <laughs> well, thank God he had a tattoo or I'd be lying to you. You don't even know if that's the same guy. Yeah. Guys, yeah. listen, and, and here's a picture of a female. This one's a, this one's a game changer too, because I get a lot of females going, yeah, I work out because, uh, you know, I want to be healthy. I'm like, well, that's number two. What's number one? Well, because I want more energy. That's number three. What's number one? Because I want to look better. And I'm like, you didn't have to look around. That's like, yeah, it's okay. You, it's... <laughs> every one of us looks in the mirror every day and better like what we see. Yeah. Well, I do. And some days I don't. I'm like, oh, okay, fat ass. Let's do this. You know, blah, blah, blah. Get off the of white bread and quit eating pizza, which is, by the way, a good idea. Um, but here's a picture of a young lady, I think 90 days later, before and after from gray to black. Look at yeah. her shoulder position, how much better it is. But she's pain-free but her biggest response was i can't believe how my body's like shredding what i was carrying around yeah well you're carrying lymph fluid around mm -hmm. you're not fat in fact you're phat which is part of the lymphatic word your your body's clogged up at the hip so yeah you know if i had to give one message like stop wasting your time exercising if your body's out of alignment, it's actually detrimental to you. Yeah, You're actually exercising, producing byproducts, which are getting caught up at the sewage system in your body. And you think your cardiovascular system's healthier. I beg to differ. Once we get your body in alignment, I promise you, your heart rate monitor is going to say, you're healthier. Well, you didn't become healthier. You became more efficient. Yeah. This body was designed perfectly. We've just allowed it to deviate from this. Just get your body back to this blueprint. And I know you deal with high-level performers. I deal with high-level performers, but I'm interested in everybody. That's why I tell yeah. people, I answer my own DMs on Instagram for a reason, because I want the challenging question. I was on one yesterday who said, um, they listed this thing for pickleball. And, you know, I love pickleball. It's a lot of fun, you know, blah, blah, blah. People love it. But look at this list. So this is on the kitchen pickleball. You won't be able to see everything that's in there. There's a lot. It's a list of the, the hardest sports to master and how much demand they put on your body physically. Pickleball is rated as number one. Golf is related oh, wow. last. Golf is last. Yeah. Now, I've done both. I'm on the advisory board for Titleist Performance. I'm on the advisory board for Golf Digest. And I play pickleball. It's my number one sport. I love it. And I said, wait a minute. You're telling me that pickleball is the physical hardest and the the hardest to master. You're lying to me. That's spoken by somebody who's never played 18 holes of golf and said, I love this sport and I'm going to master it. And then after two weeks, even with lessons, you got worse. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I just started too, for sure. I get that. Okay. <laughs> so if you started after 30 playing golf, you're screwed. It's not going to happen. 
yeah, yeah. get better-ish, but you're not shooting 71 unless you're just a freak and you should be on the tour anyway. But yeah. a pickleball paddle, you and I would play one hour. And by the end of that hour, you're already better and understand how simple it is and how amazingly social it is and how it beats up on your body too. But after three times, you're going, I just went from a two five where I could barely touch a ball or a one. I'm playing in a month. I could play at the three five level. And in a year, I'm for sure at the four O level and four O would be equivalent to a year of golf. You going from, I shot 140 for 18 holes and now I'm shooting a hundred. You're still making yeah. gains, but yeah. from a hundred to 80 and from four Oh to five Oh, they're at least equivalent. It's, it's, it's much harder to do even yeah. if you set your mind to it. I'm telling you that any misalignment out of this position makes both of those impossible to either a play pain-free because your talent will write a check that your body can't cash. Let me say that again. Yeah. The talent that you're going to have in your sport is going to write a check that your body can't cash. And we got to get it to be able to be cashed. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I've never tried pickleball. I definitely like, I know it's very popular here in LA. So I definitely want to give that a shot now that I'm here. Um, so when I, when you talk about Ironman, you had the Ironman athlete that you just showed, it's very like, how do you work with someone with that? Cause I have a huge following in the Ironman space and triathlon space because hey, the swimming is so linear with the rotation of the head, you're, you're hunched down on your bike, on your TT bars. Like I have back there. It's very like your hip flexors get so tight from running. So what are the typical like things that you see with, with the uh, triathletes? I just give with. them an interrupt at each state. Imagine being hunkered over a bike for how many miles? Uh, I can't remember. It's like 90 plus miles. It's a long time. Let's just say it's three miles. Yeah. Hey, we're doing a podcast for an hour. Hey, I'm going to get on my bike. Hey, I'm going to go for a run. Yeah, it's especially the posture you have the whole way through, <laughs> even swimming yeah. to it. Why yeah. not interrupt it and bring it back to this in between? Yeah. Swimming two miles, boom, boom, boom. You know, I work with Olympic level swimmers or want to be Olympic level swimmers. They're like, I missed it by a tenth of a second. And they come in and their back's like this. I'm like, well, no wonder, because if your back is rounded in the You're mechanics world, off. that means your shoulder blade is tilted with your upper back and the shoulder blade's not meant to work that way. Yeah. It's meant to work this way right? Yeah. So if you change the angle of the shoulder blade, because the back went to kyphosis or rounding over, put that in a swimming pool, you reaching in the water to be able to cup and pull, yeah. you're three inches short every time you reach and you're going, I wonder why I can't get to my best. So you start yeah. pulling harder and kicking faster. And now your body starts to do this in the water and you blow your back out. Yeah. Guys, stop the insanity. Stop deviating from this and getting into a position like this off that picture, that guy that I showed you, go back and look at it. He was just pissed. He's like, my body's not, I'm not even close to my PRs. I'm going to eventually yeah. not be invited back to Kona. Yeah. So give yourself the advantage. I, I just got out of the water. I'm going to slip my shoes on and I'm going to say this. I got to hurry because I'm in a race. Put me on that bike. Let's go. Versus if I was the coach, I'd say, get your shoes on, calm down, play some classical music, just like the movie warrior. Calm down before you get on the bike, stand pigeon toed, hands behind head for one minute. Yeah, but that's one minute I'm going to lose, but I'm going to gain you 28 minutes on the backside. Yeah, I can see that. Because now I'm going from, from here 
to the bike here. Yeah. So like I pulled this out because I just did this thing. It's funny. You're from originally from Canada. Well, when I was racing mountain bikes, dumbest sport known to man, um, this is a race that I ended up, uh, this was the bike that I was riding the year after. I won nationals at Deer Valley. I'm only telling you that because I was a peddler and I didn't like being in the air because every time you're in the air, you're losing time. I just kept yeah. the bike on the ground and pedaled. But look where my hip is in relation to that bike. I'm yeah. behind the seat, of course, because look where the bike's going. It's going downhill. Yeah. Well, if you're going downhill at 60 miles an hour, I found out the hard way that trees don't move. Yes. But my goal was, this is how I won, was I was riding for years like this. And Peter Goski, when I talked about it, he said, well, you've become a road biker, bro. I'm like, I don't yeah. even ride road. He said, you take your downhill bike and train. I said, I do, 60 pounds, blah, blah, blah. He said, get off the bike and start doing other stuff. So I started doing our workouts and more. So when I'm on the bike now, I entered the bike like this and could do that. So I, I was able to go ass back when needed. Yeah. And it gave me that one second gain here half a second gain here, more control on the brake. I cheated. Yeah. I cheated. You know, it's a, it's this picture. Um, you know, McGregor, mm -hmm. um, he cheated. Now, when I say that, I mean it in such a good way. Cause I don't want to piss him off and have yeah. him come and find me. Yeah. I figured. <laughs> But in the first picture was the Khabib fight where Khabib cheated. Khabib came on looking yeah. better than the black shorts that Connor showed up in all rounded over like that. But in the yeah. green shorts, Connor cheated. He got his body to work for him again. Yeah. And he won in 44 seconds. It, it, makes, so, me, it makes me think of, um, you know, it's not how hard you row in the boat. It's the boat that you're in. It's basically the efficiency of the boat. Right. I can I probably butcher the analogy, but basically what it comes down to is people are just pushing harder and harder and trying to go faster and faster, but the just the boat is not the vehicle is not as efficient. So let me just say this for your your listeners. For those of you who were just listening to what he just said, he was trying to make an analogy, but I want you to go back to the Tommy Boy movie where Tommy was trying to say, wait, it's gotta be your butcher. Wait, if you could stick your your head up, oh, wait, you can take a look at a T-bone, go watch the movie and you'll see what he just did. He butchered the whole thing. So <laughs> that's good. But I know what you mean. Yeah. It's, a, um, it's not the machine. I was on a $10,000 bike. But if yeah. I wasn't a good rider and my body was in a good balanced position, I'm not winning that race. Yeah. It's not the bike, bro. It's not my race. We race cars. It's not my car. It's where I'm in the seat and then how I'm able to take the gravity forces and the anchor. Why am I going outside to make a 90 degree turn? Why am I going outside? And I see guys cutting inside. I'm like, Dude, you're just going to drift away and open up the inside for me anyway. So it's all physics. Yeah. yeah. So I love to talk about everyday people or just like people like myself or you that work more at a computer all day, typically. So you said something at UPW. It's like, don't, I think it was, don't bring a $2 chair, a $2 butt to $500 chair or something like that. That really intrigued me because there's this big, I guess, marketing campaign of sitting is, is the new smoking, but you seem to be against that. So do you mind kind of a, a explaining that to people? I'm absolutely against it. Sitting is a sport. It's not going anywhere. Train for it. Or it becomes the new smoking. Yeah. So what, what does that look like to not have a $2 butt and bring it to like a $1,000 butt? Well, this chair I'm sitting in lays completely flat and has a leg thing so I can take a nap anytime I want. That's why I bought it. $150 gaming chair. I just put gaming chair 
that lays flat and it came up on Amazon 150. I bought it. Yeah. But I'm the sitting expert. You know, Brian, you should be buying something that's ergonomic and spending this. Steelcase makes a great chair. Other companies make a great chair. I, I get it. Chairs are great. And I'm sure there's probably even one that's more comfortable than this. But the body that I take to the chair means I can sit in any chair I want. And the chair is never a problem. Mm -hmm. So I sleep in probably 150 beds a year based on speaking engagements. Well, I can't choose what bed I'm in. Change yeah. the body that I take to bed. Because sleeping is not benign. Sitting is not benign. We're sitting... And then you're going to get on that bike behind you and think that you're going to produce more. No, you're going to be hunkered over like this. You hip need to be able to get that box. That's a hundred percent. Yeah. The only way to loosen your hip flexors, the only way. So hold your muscle like that, like real tight, like squeeze your arm as hard as possible. Yeah. Squeeze it. Let's go. Yeah. For a week. Yeah. That would not make sense. It'd be very tight. But we walk around with our other muscles doing that intrinsically. They're trying to hold on like this. And instead of saying, let's stretch them, let's get them to go like this. Oh, it's a release. Take the reason why it's tight away mm -hmm. and distribute the load through the other hundreds of muscles rather than saying my hip flexor took a beating. Yeah. So what would be a way to kind of release those hip flexors? Okay, for example, so just get a good feeling for everybody listening. Just sit in your chair. Don't adjust. Just stay where you are. What's it feel like right now? Where's the weight in your chair? You have more weight on one butt cheek than the other? Are you loaded on the hamstring of one versus the ass of the other? Like, where are you? Are you supporting yourself with these? I'm leaning over here. Where is it? You have that? Yeah. Okay. Now, can you stand up and get away from the chair? Yeah. Please go back to the chair. I want to show the audience something. Okay. Okay, guys, ready? Okay, back the chair up again. Yeah. And go ahead and get out of it. Stop. Go back down. My hands? Yes. Yeah. The first one you reached for the handles to grab a hold of, to push off, and you went, let me dip myself out of this with my arms. The second yeah. time you pushed off your legs. Yeah. So you'll remember at UPW and I said, guys, close your eyes. I want you to picture me tonight when you're on the toilet. Yeah. Because getting up is no longer a leg game. It's an arm game. Yeah. And if you could just stop doing that, you're going to be driving the work back to where it should be, which are the big, big oxygen using muscles in your lower body. Yeah. So now back it up. I hear a cat. He wants it in here somehow. So in that position you're in right now, just back the chair up. Yeah. And I don't care how you get up. Just get up. That doesn't bother me. Just go ahead okay. and get up. Yeah. Okay. So now in this position you're in right now, just close your eyes. Where's your body weight from left to right, from front to back? Where do you feel the body weight left to right, front to back? Uh, more on the right side. Okay. So now we're going to go through. Okay. So now. I want you to take your feet and pigeon toe them together, like touch them. Yeah. Keep your heels kicked out at 45 degrees. Hands interlaced like this. Drop your shoulders. Fully interlaced, not here. Yeah. Fully interlaced. Now pull your elbows back. Keep your feet pigeon toed and now tighten up your thigh muscles so your knees push back toward your chair. Yeah. And that should feel like it sticks your butt out a little bit. You're going to hold this for one minute. 
And everybody in here could be doing the same thing. So your feet are pigeon-toed, 45 degrees, quads are tight, elbows back. Could this be a one-minute interrupt to I've just been on a bike for 50 miles, now I'm going to throw on my running shoes? Yeah, which – to be that that be that would be very interesting to see at an Ironman race because every I remember you're just rushing to put your cycling shoes on. You're rushing to put your running shoes on. I think you're. Let's cheat a little bit. Calm down. Classical music. No big deal. Get off your bike. Hey, Joe. See you in a little bit. Well, you're not going to see me. I'm way ahead of you. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Good I luck. I would love to try that on a race. I haven't done one in a while, but yeah, I would love to try that on a race. Keep that held for 30 seconds. So yeah. now bring the chair over, have a seat again. Yeah. Now, in that position, if you just sit there, yeah. what does the chair feel like? Well, my back was hunched over before we started recording. Now I'm sitting more up straight, more easily. Okay, so back the chair up. Get out of the chair. And now just stand there with your eyes closed. What's changed about your body as it relates to grounded or balanced? Uh, it's even on each side. I'm also standing taller too. Okay. So think about that body now coming off a bike, getting ready to run. Now you're in a more balanced run position. It's just a, a postural interrupt Yeah. That, that should be able to give you a one minute loss at the beginning and a 20 fold gain on the back end. So is there something to do with the isometric hold that you're doing? Because when we did UPW and the other events, there's a lot of like holding and kind of for, for the for the body. Does that have yeah, to do really, something with that? Yeah, I would say, look, the isometric or the active portion of stuff that I give, right? Yeah. That's moving bones. What I'm yeah. waiting for by holding you in this position is people are going, oh, it's hard to do. And the longer you hold it, your body goes, ah. Yeah. And the work goes away. You're like, you know what? I could probably hold it longer. When, if you think about it, I shouldn't be able to hold it longer. I should be tired. Yeah. That's not how Agoski works. Listen, if Agoski is in the center of something, and I think I have a picture of this. Think about this picture. Agoski is in the center of how your body works. Everything else follows. Mm-hmm. So no matter what all those outside circles are, yoga, CrossFit, whatever it might be, when you do a Goscu in the middle, absolute game changer. Absolute is, game changer. And obviously like this is very unique to the individual and I'm assuming to the issues that they're dealing with that they're playing specific sports or things like that. But I'm sure those score core movements. I remember there's this one you're making us do at the event as well. There's yeah, the one this. that's standing. Yeah. So I'm sure there's like core movements that people can do. Like what typical amount of time people do that per day, like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Like I'll go to the gym today. I'll do table sequence. I'll do, uh, cats and dogs and I'll do like the running man, you know, the greatest abdominal exercise ever. That's my yeah. pre I'll do it three times in a row. And then I'll okay. go pick up, you know, something like this and say, what type of workout are you going to do? Well, here's one of my friends. This is me in the gym, but this is his piece of equipment called the Viper. Yeah. Vipers are great. But if I did these explosive movements, or these stable movements and my body wasn't able to hold this, this one especially is a back injury waiting to happen if my spine yeah. took the load versus my whole body distributing the load. So yeah. no matter what I'm doing from, like here's a bunch of our athletes doing a workout where they're walking downhill 
God forbid your knees go over your toes. Oh no. And they're pulling their yeah. elbows back in that deep squat position. Yeah. What's the benefit? It engages your hips differently because your upper body can't cheat. Yeah. Um, here's this. Look at the picture on the on your left, I think, where I'm over here. Yeah. Look how much hip and leg movement there are for the upper body perturbance or movement. Yeah. So start thinking Egoscue preps you for any type of work out there. I'm biased. I've been doing this 32 years, but I've been looking for something that's better. It's not out there. It's not out there. Yeah. There are amazing companies who are really good at your posture alignment should be like this. That was our mission 30 years ago. Let's push it. We got to get the world because there's not enough of us. We got to get everybody to look at posture as number one. Yeah. We just did a study that on the 20th of this month, the moratorium will be up and we can start marketing it. Stanford and Harvard did it. And it was us versus traditional pain management therapy and all kinds of other stuff. We killed it. Yeah. I already knew we'd kill it. Yeah, I don't need a study, to $10 million study to tell me how good it is. I really don't. But apparently the Journal of American Medical Association in the world does. And this isn't an us versus them. It's wake the freak up. Yeah. Because the client, your patient is suffering if your significance and your ego is caught where you're going, well, I know more because I have a license. No, you don't. You really don't. You took a test. Yeah. I'm in the same boat as you for sure. I understand that. So, so I'll, I'll put all the, for the people listening, I'll put all the links down below to Egos. I'll post the link to, to your Instagram as well, to the book as well. I'm definitely going to go and buy the book too. Um, and yeah, Brian, any, anything that you'd like to share with the audience, uh, any words of wisdom, uh, that you'd like to share with the audience when it comes to again, postural alignment, because I'll be honest with you, like I already feel just from doing the exercise, like I'm just sitting upright. I used to, I had a little hunch in my back before we started the podcast. And I was like, I better have freaking good posture. I'm talking to Brian today, <laughs> but I felt it. And we did the exercise. Now it's gone. Buddy, your health is truly your wealth. And yeah. I'm giving you a, uh, I'm giving you one of the easiest hacks that's out there. Correct the machine you're taking to all movement and you'll thank me later. Yeah. And you know, you'll put up my direct, you know, uh, Egoscue's up here. Yeah. Um, at Egoscue method is, you know, Instagram, but then I have mine under the Brian Bradley. That's a whole nother story. Why these in front of that. I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> I'm sorry about the noise. Bless you. Um, but when you start thinking about giving people an unfair advantage, that's what we want for your listeners. They're already high performance. Stop dicking around with other stuff. You have to make a commitment to this. And you want yeah. me and my company in your healthcare corner. It's that simple. It's really yeah. that simple. Well, now being in LA, I'll come and check you guys out. Now being down here, I can actually come and see you guys in person. Yeah, I have an obstacle course down here in Del Mar too. That's uh, It would be a very interesting podcast for people to see you doing that. Uh, like a Spartan? Well, kind of. It, okay. I've, 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 I've raced it all. Um, I just need time to train for each one of them because I like to be good. Uh, but yeah, I'd be down to doing that race. It's been a while. It's been a few years since I've raced. These are $50 million athletes at one of our NFL teams. Check this out. So you see yeah. what they're doing. It's, it's an obstacle course here. 
and yeah, yeah. look Yeah, some like of it's bear crawls. on or on it or under it and Yeah. that's permanently built at the niner stadium because we understand the importance of playing like a kid again will make you a better long-term athlete which i'm telling you right now look at the niners the last five years playoff 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 super bowl play you know they're heading that direction consistently because in the fourth quarter of the season their bodies aren't breaking down whereas everybody else is like well we have so many injuries now going into the fourth part of the season well Yeah. good luck making it to the playoffs Yeah. 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 So I'll definitely don't get me wrong I'll... it's not because we they have great coaching they have great staff their strength staff's amazing um you know but our functional performance stuff we're doing with them is amazing Yeah. Well, ultimately to win Super Bowls and championship, it's a component. It's like a lot of different things, right? It's never just a coach, just a strength training or the conditioning. yeah There's no a lot it's that the goes team in. it's the team but again i want to cheat a little bit Yeah. and That's cheating good cheating. is that's cheating Yeah. Well, that's how ultimately everyone should be, right? that's That right would be going back to, to nature ultimately. I know you're, you're a barefoots guy as well. You like absolutely minimalist in shoes. fact we're doing some stuff zero shoes um we're actually going to be doing some stuff with the vibram company is going to come out with in city events in these big cities and then my therapists are going to come down and teach them why Okay, sweet. Yeah, I have Vibrams, Vivo Barefoot, Ice Bath. We're we're on the same we're on the same boat. Um, well, yeah, Brian, I want to say a massive thank you, man, for honestly for taking the time to record a podcast with me. I'm happy we're able to make it happen. I'm happy that I encountered you through the work that Tony is doing, and I'm looking forward to meeting you potentially at some of the plat events this year. Oh, we'll meet for sure. Let me just show you one more thing. Yeah, let's go for it. This is on my Instagram page. Uh, it's a uh, barefoot walking on a battle rope. Yeah, I can see how that would activate the shit out of your foot. Well, yeah, especially if your foot <laughs> is flat and all this stuff. yeah, I have flat feet. So it's been shifting to minimalist shoes has been a blessing. Now get on the unstable surface under the minimalist shoes. Yeah. Get off concrete. Get off Yeah. flat. Yeah. Well, I do hiking with those minimalist shoes. So you like all the tree trunks and rocks and it's a piece of work when you first start. Your foot's really, it's exhausted at the end of it. Well, there's over a hundred moving parts. So you got to start thinking about what your feet go through. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, Brian, I'd love to chat to you after the recording as well, a little something. Uh, but thank you very much for listening. Everyone go check out uh, Brian's work and Ego uh, Skew. All the links will be down below um, and we'll check in with you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode and would like to support, please share it with others that would benefit from it. Share it on social media and be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at Maxim underscore official and on YouTube at FitVegan. The links will also be in the show notes. I'll see you in the next episode.